It's heroic. Now for wrath. Now for ruin. And the red gourd. thinking of Eowyn. Eowyn, the king's niece. Uh, one of two women in this entire trilogy uh, uh, that have any speaking lines. I, I think we mentioned last week how there are only two women in right. in this trilogy. A blonde yeah. and a brunette. I forgot there is, is a third. Who? And that's Rosie, the bartender at the Green Dragon in Hobbiton, who is a redhead and who also conveniently has no lines whatsoever throughout either movie hmm. that she's in. So, so you've got a blonde. But she bird. laughs. She does. She does laugh. Uh, so we got that going for us. So, hi everybody, and welcome to Frank Reviews, a father-son expedition through pop culture. I am Harrison the Sun, and I am your. Father. Directly into the mic. Father, your father. Uh, I know father, the pop, the recording pop. studio of Katzablanca is very uh, visually interesting. Katza? Ka- Katza. Katza. We're we're emphasizing on the cats. cats. Yeah. Katzablanca. Yeah. Katzablanca. Okay. Uh, uh, and we are once again back in not dog kennel recording studios, but Katzablanca uh, recording studios. Um, with uh, joined once again by Nan. Hi, Nan. Hello. Right into the mic. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and this week we finished the second movie of The Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, Extended Edition, Disc 2. Uh, which picks up with at the Warg attack and ends just after the Battle of Helm's Deep. Uh, so, Dad, what, what did you... What did you I love watching these movies with you, especially big franchise movies like these, because it's ostensibly the same movie as the movie we watched last week. But when Aragorn and Gimli show up at the beginning of this leg of the movie and Theoden and Eowyn and the rest of the Rohirrim are there with them, you're just like, who are these people? Right. Do we know these people? Yeah, it's like, where did these people come in? <laughs> It gets. It just gets all confusing. The orc guys I recognize. Speak up a little bit. The orc guys. I'm right into it. The orc guys I recognize because they're nasty and ugly. Right. And all the other guys are handsome with uh, shoulder length hair. And as you said, there's no. Oh, and the hobbits I recognize them. Right. And and the dwarf I recognize him, but I don't know. They just. It's like they just seem to bounce around in all these mountains, and everybody's having big adventures, and it's multiple adventures at once. It, it It is, and I was looking at the clock while we were watching the movie, um, and the disc one ends with Frodo and Sam being captured by Faramir, right. and Frodo and Sam don't make an appearance 
in this disc, this half of the movie, until 26 minutes in. Okay. So there is literally, like, a half an hour of time between uh, uh, Frodo and Sam and the rest of the uh, adventurings. So you, you, this movie especially, great big chunks of time where you just forget about the other... Yep. Adventures that were on. Yeah, and then somebody else um, pops up and they're having an adventure and somebody else pops up and Yeah. 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 Uh Nan, what was your favorite part of this leg of the adventure? The tree ants. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. do love the ants, yeah. Yes. I think I mentioned how uh Tolkien wrote the uh ants attacking Isengard um because he was so furious with uh Macbeth not fulfilling the promise of the trees attacking Castle Macbeth or whatever Castle Macbeth is taking. It's been a little while since I've done Shakespeare. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dad, uh, Dad, I think you like the uh, the Ents attack oh, on Isengard. Yeah, the Ents are, the ants are cool. Um, seeing them seeing them fight, I didn't know they could pick up those big rocks and toss oh, yeah. them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. And that one poor guy catches fire, but then oh. he's able to jump in the water. So... This part I love. So um, Peter Jackson, the director, just gave it to his the special effects team working on the ants and said, just have, you know, just have a contest within the special effects department to see how the ants would attack or defend themselves against the orcs. And apparently the ants, uh, like, apparently most of it was used and the ants get up to some grisly things like tearing orcs in half and stomping on them and like you do kind of remember that peter jackson got his start as like a schlocker b-movie horror director um uh i think his first movie is called dead alive um it dad it's a horror movie in the vein of evil dead that i'm sure we'll get to eventually (laughs) okay yeah imagine evil dead but bloodier um so yeah blood squirting all over yeah uh oh god yeah but um uh, i i also forgot like just how yellow this movie is because they spend so much time on the plains and there's just all this uh, uh yellowing tall grass everywhere and it's all just yellow and gold and kind of washed out um and white and white too, yeah. Uh, can't forget that. Um, but but I think this movie in particular of the three has a very washed out look to it. So it does look a little bit um, uh, 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 homogenous. I think would be a good well, word. It seems describing. to make up in action. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, as I said, the second half of each movie is like eighty percent fight sequence. Yeah. So right. Um, uh, <laughs> Nan, Nan, what what do you uh 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 we're we're introduced to uh some new stuff with the extended edition, especially we've get a great flashback sequence with Boromir and Faramir, uh uh in in this. This is the first time you've seen that. Yes. What did you think of uh that new uh sequence? I think the added sequences um help in bringing the movie together mm-hmm. um so i liked yeah. it oh uh, well I, this is also uh uh kind of fun in the theatrical editions we don't meet 
Boromir and father, uh, Boromir and Faramir's father, Denethor, until Return of the King, uh, the next and final movie in the series. But this is the first time they're introducing a main character in DVD special features, essentially. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Dad, what did you think of uh, Faramir, Boromir's brother? I don't know which, who, which okay, one he is. I'm going to have to pull up a phone. <laughs> Wait, is he the guy that uh, that uh, didn't didn't do his quality or whatever? Yes. It was? Oh, yes. okay. Um, uh, you know the typical put down the uh, put down the the, <clears throat> the not dynamic kid and you know make him go. yeah make him feel terrible and useless and yeah. you know uh, standard rotten stuff that families do and right. you know very it's, it's uh, terrible and very I, very I, heightened uh favorite child least favorite child yeah. dynamic yeah i figured he was destined for some something good right yeah uh he gets some pretty good stuff in return of the king i'm very excited good. for that good. but uh he is probably one of my favorite characters in the trilogy okay uh uh, uh in the why well it's it's a bit weird like uh um in the movie, it's, uh, uh, I think I've said before, but The Two Towers has the most stuff messed around with from book to film adaptation. Uh, in the book, no elves show up at the Battle of Helm's Deep. It's all just the Rohirrim and being uh, bailed out, essentially, by Gandalf and uh, Eomer and his crew. And uh, also, the Battle of Helm's Deep in the book is like a page and a half long. And uh, a lot of stuff gets omitted or shifted into uh, Return of the King. Like, um, Frodo and Sam don't have much of an arc in this movie, but they have a lot of stuff to do in the book because that stuff all gets shunted to the movie, The Return of the King. So they get a lot of stuff to do there, but not a lot of stuff to do in the book, Return of the King. So... um, in the book, Faramir uh, and his crew catch Frodo and Sam, and they hear their story. Uh, Frodo and Sam are very upfront about their quest and whatnot, and you are worried about Faramir uh, being like Boromir and taking the ring, and he's just like, nope, we're cool, go about your way, have fun, kids. In the movie, they do like want to squeeze some drama out of it, so it, it becomes this whole thing where Faramir is tempted by the ring because he wants so badly to prove his worth to his dad and do what Boromir could not. And, like, I mean, it works. It's a very... A, a major problem with movie trilogies, especially if they're planned out um, as a trilogy, the middle movie gets kind of, like, unfulfilling. Like, uh, Dad, you've seen... We, we did... Uh, uh, Back to the Future last year. Right. And Back to the Future and this are probably the two trilogies that get it right because Back to the Future 2 and The Two Towers, uh, they both feel very satisfying as a movie by themselves. Like, obviously, you know the story continues, but it doesn't leave you on this horrifying, like, well, what? Well, I gotta wait another year yeah, for this. Yeah, like, yeah. you get a whole narrative arc yeah. between like the uh, the almanac in uh, uh, Back to the Future Two and 
the capture of Frodo and Sam in this, and Sam getting that wonderful speech about the big famous stories that we remember and all that. It feels like a whole movie. Right. Whereas movies like the second Pirates of the Caribbean, and as much as I love uh, the Matrix sequels, Matrix Reloaded, you're just like, what? Where's the rest of this? Is there more movie? We got to wait another year for another movie? What's happening? Uh, we will get to the Matrix eventually. I feel okay. like that's a threat, but uh, well, yeah, we'll, I, we'll get there. I think I saw the first Matrix when it I, came out. But that, that makes was, sense. That, yeah, it was better. Well, they've just announced the title for the fourth Matrix, and I am so excited. I couldn't be more thrilled for that. Uh, I'm one of the only idiots on the planet, man, that enjoys the Matrix sequels probably more than the original Matrix, and uh, that puts me in a horrifyingly small minority there um dad what what uh, what stood out to you this time around the, um there's a there's always this theme of hope right hope 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 but then the king gives up you know when they're when all the orcs are, are, mm-hmm. are just about to storm the keep i guess it is in the cave uh, helm's deep yes yeah and and um oh, who was it uh, one of the guys was saying no you know it's there's uh aragorn yeah there's right still, out and meet them yeah there's still yeah. there's still something we can still do something we can still do and then and th- if this is it then this is how we'll die right and um it's it looks completely hopeless but then you know you get the ants and and the <laughs> flood and all that stuff that you know you would never expect and they win in the end which well, yeah. which you know you i guess you figure is going to happen but it's like, how are they going to pull this off? But the king kind of like gave up, and it's like uh, Ar- Ar- Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah. Aragorn. Yeah, he. The king's kind of looking at him like we're stumped. What do we do? And then he, Aragorn, kind of takes over. I mean, I, I I understand what you're saying, and yeah, it is part of uh, Aragorn's arc through the trilogy, uh, accepting his role as a leader, really. And I think that's what's starting to come through here. But I mean, from Theoden, the King's point of view, it's been a really rough few weeks. He was mind controlled and had no, uh, say over his own body. He was forced to like, he, he found out after he woke up from the mind control that his son had been killed and he did nothing to or could do nothing to prevent it. He banished his very faithful nephew from the lands uh, unwillingly. Um, So he wakes up and he's terrified for the extinction of his people and his his way of life, essentially. And um, then he watches this impregnable fortress get pregnant. Nid, preg, mm, breached. breached. Let's settle with go. breached. Breached. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it's not not that it was a that doesn't necessarily go against him, but it, you know, part of the drama was you know the king really sank down pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. And Aragorn was able to rally the day. Yeah. And spark him up. I uh, I always do enjoy the moment where they're trying to defend the doors of Helm's Deep. Uh, for a final few minutes, so Aragorn and Gimli have to sneak out through a side yeah. entrance, and it toss me. <laughs> yeah, toss me. Yeah, toss me. 
Uh, uh, it's the best. Okay, first off, what's Aragorn's arm strength to be able to throw a dwarf right. a good seven or eight feet? Yeah, like, yeah. Dwarves are small, but they are dense. They look, he looks they are, solid. And he's though. already wearing, like, what, 40 pounds yeah. of, of chain mail and yeah. whatnot? That is something I wanted to mention, Nan. I don't know if you know this, but the the the, the cast the of the Fellowship of the Ring, so the nine people, um, all got matching tattoos of the number nine in Elvish because they all spent so much time together, they just decided, hey, we're kind of bonded for life over this. Let's all get... So, like, Orlando Bloom, Elijah Wood... Ian McKellen has an elvish tattoo on his body because of the Lord of the Rings. But, with the exception, the one holdout on getting that too, uh, tattoo was John Reese davies the guy who plays Gimli. And it sounds bad, like he's not a part of the team or anything, but it turns out poor John Reese davies was so allergic to the makeup prosthetics of Gimli, like the fake nose, forehead, beard, and all that stuff, he could only shoot every third day wow so he said you know what i feel i i would feel like uh an insult to this friendship that you guys have formed i'm not going to get the tattoo so the ninth person to have the tattoo was gimli's body double the guy who's uh uh only like five feet tall and spent most of the time with the rest of the fellowship right. so so it it is kind of it's it's kind of wonderful and sad at the same time that such a key member of the team didn't end up feeling like part of the team purely because yeah. of his yeah. crazy prosthetics. What, so what it was nine guys. It was nine That's guys nine. in the Fellowship okay. of the Ring. Okay. Yeah. Is there yeah. a real language? Elf, elfin, like, oh, like, uh, God, Dad, I'm like so cl- like Klingon. Man, man I'm gonna, know? I'm gonna steal the mic back over here, so I'm not leaning over. But Nan, I'm sure you know this. Um, <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, the guy who wrote The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, he wrote these stories almost purely so he could have a place to shove in all of the fictional languages he invented. Oh, no, okay. He was an English professor at Oxford University, and he was a crazy linguist uh, to the point where people, like, tried to um, copy edit The Lord of the Rings, and he sent a note back saying, How dare you copy edit me? I know what I'm doing. I know how to use a semicolon. Bugger off. Uh, but yeah, he invented, oh my God, I'm going to like dad vamp for a minute and I'm going to Google how many languages he invented. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, the, you hear him speaking these languages and I'm thinking, well, if I was, uh, on that spot, I would just, they'll say, okay, now you say an elf and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then I would just start making mumbly noises, you know, but apparently there is an actual language. Then, then the actors had to use the actual language. Yes, yes. Okay, so this is actually kind of a wonderful... Nan, I'm going to steal the microphone back again. Apparently, Tolkien created 15 distinct languages. And uh, not all of them are on display in The Lord of the Rings. Um, Oh, my God. Uh, uh, At least it looks like three different versions of Elvish. Um three different versions of oh nope these are different branches of elvish uh oh my god yeah 
besides the, the el- uh, el- uh, uh, elves, is who, who speaks a different language? Uh, dwarves. Dwarves do? Dwarves oh. speak a different... I think that's the least fleshed out of all of his languages. Um, different languages <clears throat> for the kingdoms of men, uh, Rohan, Dale, uh, 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 the Gondor. Oh, my God. I, g- just give me a list. The Wikipedia article is uh, a little impassable to get through. Good Lord. I Just give me a list. How about hobbits? They have their own? Uh, I don't believe hobbits have their own language, no. Um, oh, God, yeah. Fifteen different languages. Uh, uh, I'm sure somebody can text in and uh, say on this. But So, they did have uh, uh, um, language specialists on set to help with the pronunciation and the reading of all of the different languages. Yeah, but cool. this is this is a fun, weird thing. So Christopher Lee, who we're going to talk a little bit about more next episode with the opening of Return of the King, but he's the big bad in this movie. He's Saruman. So Christopher Lee okay. is this crazy, amazing actor who is... he. I, I'm so excited for the concept that sometime within my lifetime, his exploits during World War II will become declassified because I so desperately want to learn what this dude did during World War II. So Christopher Lee, Dad, he is six foot five. He has that amazing deep bass voice. He's actually the voice of death in several adaptations of Terry Pratchett's works. Um, And he's... He's the, he's the evil wizard. Okay, the the original white wizard, right, okay. Saruman the White. Yes, right, 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 exactly. Right. So he is also the world's was. I guess he's dead now, but he was the world's biggest fan of the Lord of the Rings. He was the only person on set during these movies uh, to have actually known Tolkien in real life. Um, he got Tolkien's blessing during, you know, before he died in 76 to play Gandalf should they eventually make a uh, filmed version. And I think he would have done a great job, but by the time they made these movies, he was far too old for the the, the physical necessity of, uh, of playing Gandalf. And even in that fight sequence in The Fellowship of the Ring, where Gandalf and Saruman are chucking right. each other, that's mostly stunt doubles, yeah. obscured by beards and wigs. I would think so. <laughs> but but uh, as far as I know, uh, Christopher Lee, um, he served in the Secret Service in World War II. He was a real-life James Bond. He was actually cool. friends with Ian Fleming, uh, uh, who was also a real-life James Bond. Um, he, uh, is the only, uh, guy, as far as I know, that both served alongside Ian Fleming and then played a Bond villain. He is the titular man with a golden gun. Um, he speaks, and let me see if I can get this right off the top of my head. At least he speaks, uh, English, German, French. Uh, I want to say he spoke a little bit of Japanese, uh, and he also spoke, at the very least, Elvish. Um, <laughs> so he was actually utilized during the making of these movies for pronunciation guides on Elvish, which I just like, how'd you like that, Nan? You read these books when they're first published, you become the best friend to the author, you get the blessing to play 
arguably the biggest role in any of the movies. And then uh, when they finally do make the movies, you are utilized for your knowledge about the languages that this dude created. It's unreal. So, so are there people that can speak Elvish? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wow. It's it's a lot like Klingon, where, where only s- more in-depth. Where is it? I mean, Where is Elvish? Yeah, well, I mean, where's the language? Is it? Are there books about? Oh it? yeah, there's books about it oh, and stuff. Okay. Uh, there's a decent amount in just the appendices, as far as like pronunciation guides. Tolkien was—I remember Tolkien was very particular about the use of the letter C. It's only going to make the hard k noise. It's not going to do that soft s sound crap. So there's no K in any of his languages. It's just C. Hmm. Um, <laughs> it's it. Oh, oh god, it's so in depth. Uh, I'd bother my friend uh, Sean about it because he knows a lot more about the languages than I do. Uh, but as far as I know, Sean is still in the middle of writing his dissertation. So, Sean, if you're listening, he's not. Uh, good luck. Okay. <laughs> but yes, um, that again, it goes into like what I said last uh, uh, last time. Like, it's such a thoroughly thought out world right down to the different dialects of languages spoken um that you can't help but believe in the uh uh, realism of all of this stuff despite there being you know elves and dwarves and talking trees right the trees (laughs) well the trees then the trees have the language too yep yep the but they kind of like moan and grumble and stuff i don't know if it's is it really a spoken language um I don't just think so. Groaning noises and creaky noises. Tolkien was a large fan of trees in okay. general. Apparently, people hated going on walks with him because he had named all of the trees and would talk to them and tell them stories. Um. <laughs> what, he, what, like identified them or gave them personal names? Gave them names and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> okay. That's like, weird. whatever you want to do, dude. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 what happened to um, Gollum? Gollum, Schmeagle. How do you mean? What happened to like, him? Like he was he was in on it, and then towards the end, and all the battle and stuff like that. Where did he go? Yeah, he's kind, he's kind of, of he's kind of somewhere. hidden in the latter half of the two towers after getting a lot of screen time in the first yeah. half. Yeah. Um. So he avoids capture by Faramir up until he's essentially betrayed by Frodo. And then he's captured right. by Faramir and his guys. Um, and that brings back Gollum after Smeagol had essentially banished Gollum. Uh, and now he's up to his old familiar tricksy tricks. Yeah. Uh, so he's got, Dad, you're going to be horrified by the stuff Gollum does Aww. in Return of the King. Oh. Said, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to like him. You're, you're going to feel... Betrayed. Betrayed. Oh, okay. And it's it's going to be so great. Okay. I'm so excited. Um, but, uh, Nan, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Tolkien was also friends with, very good friends with C.S. Lewis, the <laughs> author good. of, uh, they served in the trenches during World mm-hmm. War One. They were drinking buddies. They served at Oxford together. And uh, they would get into fights over uh, how to write fantasy. He was, like, the only reason... 
There is the lamppost in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is because Tolkien was just like, you can't put a lamppost in high fantasy. And Lewis was, no, that's what, nuts to what you know. I'm going to put a lamppost in this. And then Santa Claus is going to show up and give all the kids swords. What do you think about that? Um, but the character of Treebeard was actually based on C.S. Lewis because apparently his students would hear Lewis coming down the hall like, vroom, vroom. Uh, so I, I kind of love that. Uh, Lewis is an ant and Tolkien is for all intents and purposes, a hobbit. He talks to the trees and smokes constantly. So yeah. Yeah. I always loved that. Uh, Nan, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, it, this, um, second movie was mm-hmm. more violent than oh, the first. Well, yeah. Um, but it all ended pretty good. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dad, did you have anything final about the movie? Um, uh, you got me. We're, geared, we're two thirds done. <clears throat> you got me geared up for the for the last one, apparently. <clears throat> um, but um, the 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 big battle scenes. I mean, just the the endless orcs. <laughs> you know, they say about ten thousand or something like that. They were just yeah. endless, and they just kept pouring in. Uh, it reminded me, um, unfortunately, of our recent uh, January 6th storming of the, the U- U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, Capitol building. And I just pictured all these orcs storming the Capitol <laughs> building, unfortunately. Actually, oh, okay. you, could, um, you could relate it to a lot that has gone on in history. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, meat grinder warfare. Uh, I like to think of it okay. as you just throw bodies at the problem until yep. the enemy is gone. Yep. Um, yeah. Dad, if you thought 10,000 was a lot of orcs, I I don't mean to keep hyping up this movie, but holy crap. Like, it, all of the threads come together. It all goes buck wild bananas. Okay. In the next movie. I'm so excited for that. I'll be there. You will laugh. You will cry. You will kiss. Three hours and 45 minutes goodbye. Yes, I will. Uh, <laughs> Not right. all in one night, though. No, 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 no. We still got another two weeks to go. And then uh, we are going to be doing. Uh, I think that covers the rest of February for us. Probably. Right? Yeah, yeah that's uh, the 19th and 26th will be The Return of the King, parts one and two. And then the month of March, Dad, we were speaking about this ahead of time, is going to be what I'm calling the Kaiju Countdown. Uh, we are going to be building up to Godzilla vs. Kong, which releases on HBO Max on the 26th right. of March. And, right. Uh, as as we are going to do the best we can to watch, record, and release the episode all on the same day of the 26th of March. So instead of dropping at midnight on Friday morning, it'll drop a little later that evening. So bear with us on that one, but uh, I think it'll be worth it. Nan, do you have a, a, a favorite in mind, Godzilla or King Kong? <laughs> Having not seen any of the movies? Well, I saw the original King well. so I have to say him. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, on that note, I am HD Lichtner and pod underscore Frank on Twitter, Muscle Nerd Studios on, f- uh, not Facebook. Wow. I haven't had a Facebook in years. Um, on Instagram, Muscle Nerd Studios. And uh, thanks to Sean Monahan for our theme song and Paul Taylor for our artwork. And dad, take us away. 
more snow, more snow on the way Thursday for uh, the middle Atlantic states, wherever you guys are. Um, and uh, keep looking towards getting your vaccine, your vaccinations for the COVID and keep wearing your masks and keep staying away and keep doing what you're supposed to be doing and do something important every day with your life.